Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Welcome back. I am Molly Smith, your host. I want to remind you all that our program is available for download. You can do so by going to our website from themedian.org. Listeners, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you with us. Remember, as I, I, I know I remind you about this all the way through the programs and intros and outros, etc., that our programs are available on podcasts. So please pass them on. Let everybody listen to them. We, we are, have a duty right now, every single one of us, to be informed about what is going on in the world, particularly here in Ohio and actually across the whole of the United States. Because as you can hear, I was not born here and my guest is going to be give, give a story about his. He was not born in America either. But America really is the last bastion as far as I'm concerned. It is a beautiful country. So many people from all over the world want to be here because of our freedoms, because of who we are, because of our Christian principles and because of our Christian foundation. That's all at risk right now. We need to get back there. We need to make sure that we are part of the army that fights back and pushes back and reestablishes America for what it should be. My guest right now is none other than very, very wonderful gentleman who's joining us. Josiah Presley is an abortion survivor. I'm going to let him tell us a lot about exactly what he does. I'm going to mention right away, right at the beginning, that if you really like what Josiah says, you can contact his, uh, I'll give you the number, I'll put it up on our website, but you can contact Pro-Life Advocates and you can actually book him to come and speak at your event. So make sure that you you do that and you can actually look up to see where he is going to be speaking. So that, that's another wonderful thing. But right now he's going to be speaking here. Josiah was born in South Korea and he's going to give us the story. Josiah, Thank you so much for taking time for coming to come on the show. It's great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So uh, tell us the story. So you're an American. You've grown up here in America. Tell us how, how did you get here? Where, where did you come from? Yeah, so you mentioned I was born in South Korea. When I was about 13 months old, though, I was adopted and uh, I was brought over to live in the States. I grew up in uh, Oklahoma, uh, Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, my dad, he's the pastor of worship at the church I grew up in. My mom, she's the, the children's minister at the church I grew up in. So I grew up uh, in, in, a, in a very Christian home. Uh, I grew up in a very pro-life home. Uh, my parents, they they proved, they showed their pro-life convictions um, by, by adopting kids. So I'm one of 12 kids. Oh, ten wow. Us, uh, 10 of us are adopted. And so that's one of the main ways my parents lived out the, the, their pro-life convictions. Uh, so growing up in the church, I uh, grew up understanding from a Christian perspective why we're pro-life, uh, why life matters, because because humans are creating the image of God and, and we're inherently valuable because we're image bearers of God. Uh, I grew up, my family uh, was engaged in the pro-life uh, the pro-lifement, uh, by the, the ways we supported pregnancy centers, adoptions, things like that. Um, but, but honestly, for the majority of my childhood, uh, I was, uh, I was indifferent towards what it meant to be pro-life. Um, I, I knew we held these beliefs. I knew it was these beliefs that caused my parents to, to be led to, to adoption. Um, 
And while I knew we were pro-life, it really didn't affect my life. It really didn't change the way I did things. Uh, for me, though, the change when I started to, to actually care about these convictions, I, I was 13 years old, and uh, my adopted parents, they sat me down to have a, a difficult discussion with me about uh, my adoption story and, and the circumstances that surrounded it. And they told me that my birth mother in South Korea, actually two months into pregnancy with me, she had a, a DNC abortion. Um, the abortion, it, it failed, um, obviously. Um, and uh, praise, God, later, praise God. Thank yeah, you, praise God. God. Yeah. Um, and a few months later, she realized that the abortion had failed. And so then she, she kept me and, and I was, I was born later. Um, I, I was brought to term and later on and, and born. And then I was placed with an adoption agency and I was adopted. And I was brought over to be a part of the Presley family. Um, at 13 years of age, this was a lot for me to take in, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, I was I, w- I was very glad my parents had told me um, because as an adopted kid, you, you always want to know more about your background and your history. I, I mean, it's, it's normal for everybody. We, we want to know where we came from, things like that. Um, but there's a lot of pain there. There's a lot of anger there. Uh, I, I have a deformed arm. Uh, that, that I've had since birth. And so a number of years in my childhood, I struggled with self-image issues, uh, self-worth issues. Um, I thought my life had no value. And, and to me, at that moment in time, I had proof that my life had no value um, because my own, my own mother, my, my own flesh and blood, had thought my life uh, was so worthless, she tried to take it. Uh, there's a lot of anger towards them um, because uh, I blame the fact that I had a deformed arm uh, on them. Now, whether or not my deformity is because of the abortion, we're not positive. But concerning the type of abortion it is, we think it's very likely it could have been um, the cause for my deformity. Um, there's a lot of anger, hatred, a lot of hurt, and a lot of pain there. Um, I began to care about what it meant to be pro-life, but not in, a, in the right way and uh, not in a proper way, uh, because I began to demonize anybody on the other side. I, I began to demonize post-abortive women, um, Planned Parenthood workers, abortion doctors, all of them. I, I thought they were the worst of the worst because there's people like them that made me the way I was, uh, broken and not going anywhere in my life. Uh, that's not where I stayed. Uh, I, I can guarantee you right now, if that's the mindset, that's the place I'd stayed in. I wouldn't be on this phone call with you uh, right now. Um, but but another change occurred in my life, and it, and it occurred the summer after my sophomore year of high school. So I, so I struggled with this for, for a number of years. Um, but then the summer after my sophomore year of high school, uh, I, I encountered Jesus and I was saved. Now, I'd grown up in the church. I professed faith in Jesus at a young age, but it, but it wasn't until... The summer after my sophomore year of high school, I was at church camp, and, and I realized just how much I needed Jesus. I realized how much he loved me. Uh, I realized that I had been finding identity and purpose and being a good Christian kid, uh, when in reality, my value isn't tied up in the things I do, but it's tied up in who he is. Uh, I I'd found purpose in accomplishing all these things and, and being looked at as a good kid, when in reality, my purpose isn't in those things. My purpose should be in, in who he is and the plans he has for my life. Uh, 
And so, I, so as I surrendered my life to Jesus, I found value. I found worth. I found purpose. Um, I found peace. I found forgiveness. Uh, that was a big part of that. Um, I'd been ha- holding on to a lot of anger. Um, and, and one of the things about coming to faith in Jesus, finding a relationship in Jesus, um, it, it's really hard to stay angry at people who have hurt you, um, who have wronged you, when you're fully aware of the reality that you have wronged a perfect and holy God, and He still loved you, forgave you, and, and sent His Son to die on a cross for you. Um, and so as I found forgiveness in Him, as I found that purpose, that value, that worth, um, forgiveness, uh, I, I found that towards others as well. And that's really when I started to care about what it meant to be pro-life in a, in a proper way, in a right way. And and so as Jesus changed me and continues to change me, he's allowed me to then uh, step out and, and be able to share uh, my testimony. I've been able to uh, share my testimony in, in a number of different settings. I've done that for the last decade um, to, to advocate for life to challenge Christians to care about those pro-life convictions, to, to motivate and to move people towards doing something about what about our pro-life convictions and, and living those out, because that's what we've been called to do. We've been called to live out uh, our faith before others. Um, and so that's something that uh, that's really then moved me and, and has um, followed me for the last decade. I, I serve right now. I'm, I'm a student minister at a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Oklahoma, I was in Texas for a while, but I've been in Oklahoma the last year or so now, uh, serving as a student minister, um, and then also just continuing my pro-life advocacy, um, whether it's sharing for pro-life groups or pregnancy centers or, or different groups like that. This has to be so incredibly powerful, um, Josiah. You know, when when you when you tell your story to particularly pregnancy centers, who to to you know members of a pregnancy center or, or, or clients of the pre- pregnancy center that are going there to 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 find relief, to find some sort of um, meaning in in their life. Why am I pregnant now? What is it that's happening? You know, how can I? You know, is this the right choice that I'm making? Should I keep this baby? I mean, to listen to your story must be the most powerful thing. So. Praise God! You've been God has given you this because I think the more we are able to speak the truth about it, you're, you're I'm I'm sort of brought to to sort of true understanding when you said that you you know you had some serious issues and serious anger issues against abortion uh, workers, and I can understand that. I mean, it, it must it must have been terrible to to realize what they'd done to you, and and you know try to help your mother to do, um, and. You know, we, we, but we, but we're not, that's not how we're called. Jesus doesn't call us to do that, does he? No. Yeah. Yeah. He calls us, he calls us to, to truly love people and to truly help people. Um, and one of the, one of the greatest lies that, uh, our society tells women is, is they tell women that to get ahead in life, to have a life, they have to take a life. Oh, um, goodness. And, yes. and then it lies to them and tells them, well, but you know what? It's not even a life you're taking. And it's, um, I, I can't tell you for, for all the years I've been sharing my story. I can't tell you how many times, every time without fail, every time after I share my story, uh, whether it's in a church, whether it's at a pregnancy center banquet, whether it's with a pro-life group, every time I have somebody come up to me afterward who is still carrying the hurt and the pain 
from from an abortion they had maybe decades ago mm-hmm. um, and it has followed them for years um, and, and there is so much pain there there's so much hurt there and, and that's a lie that uh, our culture is selling to people and, and sadly um, our culture has bought it for decades um, you know, it's, 60 million abortions yep, you in know, the U.S. Absolutely. We, we are, we, as I mentioned, you know, we're, we're fighting a, a, a horrific, um, uh, abortion amendment here in a, in, uh, to our constitution to here in Ohio. And, um, you know, what we, what we discover when we do our polling and, you know, to try to find out where people are, I am still absolutely horrified how many people consider it's okay still to abort in the first trimester. You, after that, you, you get, you know, you're getting more and more people saying, no, we shouldn't abort. But if you listen to your story, at two months, your mother went in there and, and, and tried to have you aborted. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and you know, and it's so common, um, you know. And if you look back over the last decades, um, you know, the last half century here here in the U.S., and you consider abortions, most people have issues with, um, for sure, third trimester abortions, and even mm-hmm. some second trimester abortions, and and they're usually they're fine in the first trimester. Exactly. Uh, and, and the problem is they've picked. What's happened is we've picked arbitrary lines. For, for what we decide um, assigns value to human being, and they ought to be protected, they ought to be cared for. The vast majority of abortions take place in that first trimester. And the reality is we need we need to consider, like, objectively, what are the lines? And, and from a pro-life perspective, we argue it's at conception. At conception, you have a, a new, unique human being who is valuable. Um, and a lot of, a lot of people who, who, who get into the argumentation, who get into, um, you know, that kind of advocacy, um, it, it doesn't take long talking to somebody if we're willing to talk, right? To have conversations with people. It doesn't take long in that conversation to get them from first trimester to realizing like, hey, first trimester, that really isn't a, a good argument um and we really need to reevaluate our beliefs and, and we need to back that up and recognize that really the only objective the, the only objective lines are conception. That's exactly right. And you know, this is uh, Cleveland Right to Life. Our organization has taken a very strong stand on the personhood, uh, you know, with, with regards to personhood. You are a person from the moment of conception. There is no other time mm-hmm. that that's where you are. And we, it's surprising the number of pro-life organizations that we got pushback from. You know, uh, praise God. Thank you, dear Lord. But we, you know, we've been very successful in, and it's not just us. It was a, a group of leadership states. Uh, organizations in Ohio that really pushed back on this, but um, you know, brought in the whole idea of if you are, if you say you are pro-life, you have to be pro-life from the moment of conception, and there is no such thing as electing somebody who is okay with abortion up to the first trimester. That's it's not okay. Or in the instances of rape and incest, no, that's not okay. You know, so it. But but you're absolutely right. I think you've. It doesn't take long when you start to talk it through. When they meet people like you, I mean, you, you don't know what your mother went through or why she chose that, but uh, it doesn't matter. It should never have been a choice. There shouldn't have been that choice. You are a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. What do you think? Where do you see? I mean, you're now in ministry with, with young people. Do you see 
um, that there is beginning to be a change in the way we look at this whole issue? I think there is. Um, you know, this generation that we're looking at, you know, they're known like what kind of characterizes this generation is this hunger, this desire for, for justice and for cause. Uh, um, they are the generation that, that wants to see justice. They're the generation that, that, are, that are active. Um, and, and I think one thing that we're seeing, um, as, as a church and as Christians will continue to instill and show the reality of these pro-life convictions and that it really is the greatest inequality we have in our society. That as they see that and as they recognize that, um, I think we see young people, uh, really, um, diving feet first into this saying mm-hmm. this is something that's important this is an issue that we need to care about and, and i believe that until we get this issue right until we understand correctly and, and assign um, value properly to the most defenseless the most marginalized people in our society the unborn until we get that right all the other injustices all the other marginalized people all the other issues we see um, amongst other people, we're not going to get right um, because we need to look at what is what is the most marginalized until we can care about them right properly. We won't care about the others right or properly. You are so right. And I, I've said this for years and years. And I remember when I first got involved in the in actually I've been involved in the movement since since Roe v. Wade was passed. Um, I was living in a different country at that point, but it was just like, wow, you know, how can we sit, sit back and allow this to happen? These are these are children. I mean, this is, we're talking about children who can't do anything for themselves, you know, you know, it, 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 this is amazing, unbelievable that this would have, that this terrible law would have passed, um, or been upheld through the, United, the United States Supreme Court. But, you know, I, I remember thinking, I remember as I've been working with this whole thing, this, this, I've said forever, Josiah, that if we allow this idea to take hold and to become part of our being and part of our culture, we are going to also deal with the same kind of problems at the end of life. So euthanasia is going to be, and that has been so true. It has been so true. Unbelievable. Yeah, because you. How can you? How can you say it's okay then for something that's defenseless and is supposedly a you know a pain in the neck? I don't want to deal with this problem, so-called problem. Mm-hmm. If you can't deal with this little tiny beautiful child, how can you? What? What? How much more is it going to be at the end of life when the elderly are not beautiful and many times they're all bent and out of you know? Mm-hmm. It's 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 a it was an absolute. It was a projection that was going to happen. Unbelievable. What would you say to, um, to, to young, anybody that's sort of in, in, in the, uh, in, in listening to this right now, who is sort of in the prime of their life? How do they get involved in this? What, what would you say to them? Yeah. I, so I think the first thing they need to do is I think you, you really need to take a long, hard look at your beliefs. Uh, you need to, you need to consider your worldview. You need to consider, um, what makes you make the decisions you make, uh, what, what beliefs you hold. Um, you really need to consider that. And, and as you consider those things, um, you then need to look at, okay, so if I actually believe these things, what are things that I need to maybe 
look into more. Maybe there's things that you're holding on to, there's things that you're believing that maybe they're not correct, or maybe there's something that seems suspect about them. And you need to consider, okay, so what is the truth? Like, what do I actually need to be pursuing here? Mm -hmm. And as you form those beliefs, particularly because we're talking about um, from a pro-life perspective here, as you form those beliefs, you need to look at your life and go, okay, so how am I going to live this out? How am I going to live this out? And how am I going to live this out well? Like, like, what does it look like for me to take these beliefs I hold and to put them on display in a way that that is good, a way that is right, a way that is um, positive? Um, and then they just need to start getting out there and doing something. Mm-hmm, um, for, for years, um, you know, I a lot of what I did for for a good while was helping other pro-life organizations mm-hmm. um, or or even before I was speaking or things like that. Um, I, I spent I spent time I, w- I would I would help clean the local pregnancy center uh, in my city because uh, the Lord knows uh, 16, 17 year old Josiah does not need to be sitting in a a pregnancy center counseling people. Um, but you know, I could push <laughs> it things you could do. Yeah. Trash, yeah right? exactly. there, there's things that you can do and there's things that you need to do to activate right now to go, okay, so how am I going to live out these beliefs? Um, and, and fortunately uh, there, there are so many, um, student organizations, um, so many student organizations, uh, th- throughout our country, um, that you can plug into and be involved with. Absolutely, absolutely. If you're interested in, in having Josiah Presley um, uh, at, at your banquet or speak for whatever in, um, pro-life organization you, you, you're involved with, you can contact him at the Pro-Life Speaker Bureau through the through, through the, the, the Pro-Life Speaker Bureau at 615-775-7957. I will put that number up on our website so you can just go there if you do, if you weren't able to get it down. But I will give it to you again at 615 615- Seven seven five seven nine five seven. Um, again, be, Josiah, you you really epitomize. Before I, J- J- Jeremiah one five states, before I knew you in the womb, I before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I set you apoint, apart and p- appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This means that God knew Josiah before he was conceived in his mother's womb, and he already had his plan to do what he's doing right now. God knew he was going to be on from the media and today. So just remember that and, and contact him, have him come speak for you. Inspiring, absolutely inspiring, Josiah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your, your courage, for your, um, for your ability to know Christ and to be open to knowing him. That to me is a phenomenal thing. Absolutely phenomenal. So thank you so much. One final message for the listeners. Go for it. Yeah. I, I would just say right now in our country, you know, Roe versus Wade has been overturned, and a lot of times we think that it's over, but it's not. The work mm. is just beginning. beginning. Absolutely. Very wise. Absolutely. So let's get involved, guys. Let's everybody and ladies, ladies and men and gentlemen and, and children and everybody. We've all got to get involved here. So let's do so. And again, you can contact Josiah by going to the Pro-Life Speakers Bureau at 615-775-7957. Thank you so much, Josiah. God bless you lots for all you do. 
Thank you all for joining me this evening. As I say good night and God bless each and every one of you, I'd like to close with the words of the Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel. There may be times when we are powerless to prevent injustice, but there must never be a time when we fail to protest. From the Median is listener supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. Email us, radionews at fromthemedian.org or call 440-668-4049. Through our fromthemedian.org website, you can download this or previous programs for your listening pleasure or sign up to receive our weekly preview of upcoming guest interviews. Tune in every weeknight at the same time to listen to another great interview on From the Median as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. that works better and costs less. Seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-417-0636. That's 844-417-0636. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry, built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save. 866-977-5821. That's 866-977-5821. This program has been sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content.